Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. This is one of three episodes produced on behalf of the New South Wales Rural Doctors Network and provides first-hand information on what it means to be an RDN cadet. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. A Rural Doctors Network cadetship is an incredible opportunity that allows you to study better while being supported by a second family who understand your dreams, your goals and your values. That's according to Dr Kirby Storia, an enthusiastic advocate of the program and who's now working as a psychiatry registrar in Dubbo. Her emphatic advice to anyone considering a cadetship is to just do it, and that the broad experience she's gained across the state, the financial support and close mentoring have made her a better clinician. And she says it's helped remind her why she became a doctor in the first place. Dr Kirby Storia starts by explaining why she wanted to become a doctor to Jeff Waters. It was a long time ago that I first thought about it when I was probably about 10. I was born in a rural town, so I was born in Crookwell in New South Wales, which is a pretty relatively small town of about, you know, 1,000 or so people, 2,000 now. And my dad actually has a chronic illness, so he has ulcerative colitis. One of the things I really noticed as a youngster was that we actually didn't have a lot of access to medical care. Most of our time was spent travelling for specialists for him over to Canberra or to Sydney. And in that time, you know, Dad would have to take time off work and from the farm. And I always thought it was just really frustrating that we didn't have anything really close by. We have some really amazing GPs who do the brunt of the work in the town and, and the town over sort of as well. But one of the things I thought about is, wouldn't it be nice if there was more doctors in the area? But then I sort of let that go to the wayside and thought, oh, I don't think I'll be going that far in life and getting good enough grades for that. And and I thought about doing veterinarian or to become an Australian hockey player. I was neither smart enough for veterinarian nor talented enough to be an Australian hockey player. So that sort of (laughs) flew by as well. And it wasn't until I was in university, so I finished high school. I was the first one to finish high school in the family, so we didn't really know what to expect out of university. And Well, congratulations for that. Thank you. Yes, they were pretty taken aback, I think. (laughs) Mum and Dad didn't know what to do. But my best friend was in a science degree the year ahead of me, and I thought, oh, that sounds good. Just give that a go, shall I? And I applied for that at the same university. Took a year off, went to England and then came back and started that degree. And about halfway through that, I thought, oh, no, I don't know if this is for me. I better start an arts degree as well. So I added on an arts degree and did a double degree in science and arts. And my arts sort of was sociology and science and technology studies. And I was getting to the end of that double degree. And I'd said to my dad, oh, I think I'm going to do a master's or an honours year in sociology. And he's a very sensible, stoic farmer who doesn't really understand university. He's got to be better at it over the nine years I spent there. But he said, oh, do you think you'll get a job? Do you think you'll be getting paid? Because <laughs> With sociology. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a problem for me, you know. <laughs> I said, oh, I probably won't be getting paid for a while. And he said, you've always wanted to be a doctor, whatever happened to that. And I said, oh, Dad, I don't have the marks, really. I don't think that I can do that. And he said, well, 
you seem to be doing really well in your degree. I mean, the worst they can do is say, no, why don't you just sit that exam? And um, he offered to pay for it. He said, I'll pay for you to sit the GAMSAT. So I applied and it actually drove me over to Canberra. I, I was a grown woman at this point, might I add, you know, I was like 23 years old and my parents put me in a car and drove me to the GAMSAT. I was a little bit underconfident. And I sat the GAMSAT. It was the worst exam of my life, but I got through it, spent the whole day there doing that. And I think that just that whole palaver, <laughs> I just thought I'll never do this again. If I don't get into medicine, I can never do this exam again. And I was really lucky. I got an interview and I got in and I think that my parents were the ones that really drove that in just being so incredibly supportive. Well, let's just go back a step here. How did you prepare for the GAMSAT once you decided to sit it? Oh, gosh, I wish that I'd known more about it before I did it. I have to say that I was so underprepared. I looked at the Paging Doctor website, was the first place I went. I had a friend who was also sitting the GAMSAT and he had said, let's sit it in Canberra because Sydney's going to have lots of people and that will be overwhelming, but Canberra's going to have less people. So I said, okay, that's fine. I'm, you know, a bit of a follower in that regard. I thought he's prepared. He knows what he's doing. I'll just go along with that. He had a few resources and I, I really, I just did practice exams. I was lucky that I was doing a science degree. So the biology I had pretty well down. I was also doing an arts degree. So the essay sections were probably actually my best part of the GAMSAT. I just decided to ignore physics because that was never going to get into my brain. That was that was out. And I just really studied for organic chemistry. And I just thought, well, I'll just do this strategically. I will find the parts of the GAMSAT that I know and the questions that I can do. And I'll come back to the other ones if I can, if I have time. And just did lots and lots of practice exams. I, I didn't know you could do GAMSAT prep courses at the time. I guess I didn't really have anyone to get a lot of that information off. Any study partners? No. You did it all alone. I had the one friend who had given me some resources and told me to watch like Khan Academy and do a few things. And so I had sort of been doing that, but I was too nervous to practice with anyone. I really thought that I was going to just bomb it and I didn't want anyone to know that I was doing it actually. So I didn't really tell many people. (laughs) Now you say it was the worst exam of your life, but you still passed it. It was so long and stressful and I did pass it. And I have to say that's probably a small miracle (laughs) considering how fairly underprepared I was, but I wouldn't like to sit it again. (laughs) And you did an interview. How was that? The interview was great. I love to chat. So that was probably not going to be a huge problem for me. I interviewed at Notre Dame in Sydney. So my parents again took me to that and they went to the pub across the road while I went to the interview. It was, you know, in the day of those multi sort of stations and you, you know, go in and read your question. And I did prepare a bit for that. So I found another person who was doing an interview at the same university and she had all these practice questions. So, you know, two days before I found all these practice questions that she'd had, I sort of had just thought I'd go in and just be myself, which I did, but I did use the practice questions on the train on the way up and get my mum to ask me a few of them, (laughs) which came in handy in the end. You then went on to become a cadet through the New South Wales Rural Doctors Network. Can you explain what that was? So the cadetship I actually first heard about because we had an email come through for a bush bursary in our first year. And at the time, I mean, I've always known I was going to do rural health. I always knew that I would work in rural health being 
a rural person and being incredibly passionate about all types of rural health and trying to get that gap between metropolitan and rural and remote healthcare closer together. And I thought, oh, this would be a really good opportunity. So I applied for the bush bursary in my first year, was accepted, was able to go to Brewarina for a couple of weeks and spend some time there. From there, I sort of was linked into the rural doctor's network and found out about the cadetship and thought, well, this is an incredible opportunity for me to be networking, engage in some more rural healthcare conferences, keep up that sort of link between what I felt I wanted to do and but also being in Sydney and doing medicine, I felt quite distant from rural healthcare. So it really gave me that opportunity. The cadetship itself is a two-year program and there's sort of the financial incentive side of it where you do get a scholarship to be on the program, which, you know, we would all love to say that money's not the reason and it's not, but it is probably incredibly one of the most helpful things for me myself. I was working every second weekend at my family farm. I was driving sort of two to three hours back and then working for 16 hours over two days and coming back just so I could afford rent in Sydney and to live. So the cadetship actually offered up an opportunity for me to not have to work so much and it meant that I could study more, which meant that I did a lot better. On top of that, you get incorporated into this family and that's really the only way I can describe the rural cadetship and and the doctor's network is this huge family of doctors and allied health and obviously it's expanding um, over and over again every year. People who understand your dreams, your goals, your values, have this shared experience, who have this like similar sort of goals to you, that can act as mentors along the way. And I think that was one of the most important things for me is that I've gained some real mentors out of the cadetship that have continued on through my medical career. And I guess I touched on it earlier is that I don't really have anyone medical in my family. I have an aunt who's a GP who I sort of know, but not very close, and no one else that I could ask questions to. I I didn't know what the hospital system would be like. I didn't know what internship would be like. I didn't know what to expect. And having the Rural Doctors Network meant that I had some people I could actually ask really practical questions, like what's the best shoes I can wear on the ward? (laughs) how do I do an ECG? You know, really little things that were so helpful for me, even understanding the political hierarchy of a hospital, which if you haven't been in it, it's so foreign. It's so alien. It doesn't make any sense outside of the hospital system. But I could ask people about this and I could go to conferences, I could network. And also, I guess one of the other really big parts of the cadetship for me was reminding myself Every now and then when you go to a conference, why you wanted to be a doctor. Because I got really caught up in all of the study and, you know, the tiny little parts of medicine and this enzyme and that and what I had to learn, the actual sort of theory. And I thought this is not for me. This is this is not what I wanted to get into medicine for. And I'd go and I'd listen to these amazing speakers who would talk about rural healthcare and they'd talk about their GP ruralist journey and what they were doing in their small hospital or large GP practice and how they were incorporating like new theories and new models. And it was just so inspiring and reminded me that that's why I had gone into medicine in the first place. Well, you said earlier that you really wanted to look after people like your father who needed constant care. 
And did you get that sort of experience? What sort of experience did the cadetship afford you? It certainly did. I think that gave me the probably mostly the confidence and the scope to know that I could go into this career and really drive myself wherever I decided to go. And I know that the rural cadetship, everyone sort of looks at and says it's just for rural generalists and just for people who want to be rural generalists. And, you know, I had wanted to be a rural generalist. I had always sort of wanted to do GP obstetrics. And I'm actually a psychiatry registrar right now, so I'm not a rural generalist trainee. I've just been incredibly supported by that whole network of people along the way for this career. So it's not that limiting is what you're saying? It's not at all. You can go in so many different directions and you will have support the entire way. Speaking of going different directions, did you see much of the state in the process? I did actually. Well, I got to go to Tamworth, Brewarrina, Dubbo, Orange. I went down to Albury. (laughs) So Along the way with the cadetship, not only did you go to the conferences, so, you know, obviously there's Coffs Harbour, you get flown up there, you get travel reimbursed, you have your accommodation. So things that you wouldn't be able to afford in medical school, you're able to attend, you're able to skill build. So all of these places around the state that you have the opportunity to visit and to see the hospital and see what's going to be a good fit for you, I think that's another really big part of this is that what town am I going to fit into I'm going to be living in this town for, you know, two to four years or or whatever my training is there. If you don't get to see it and you don't have the in in the hospital to be able to look around the hospital, it's really difficult on your own. And that's what this cadetship really offers is that sort of strength and support behind that. Well, apart from the professional experience side of things, what does being an RDN cadet mean to you personally? I think I said it before is that it's a family. And I think they made that so incredibly clear from the beginning. I remember the first dinner we had and sometimes, I don't know if you know this, but medical people can be really annoying and they get in their own little medical circle and talk about medical things. (laughs) Um, And it's incredibly frustrating for people who aren't medical. (laughs) And I had my partner at the time had come with me to this event and I thought, oh, I don't know how he's going to go. And the very first thing they did was get us to introduce ourselves but they actually got all of our partners to introduce themselves and what they do and then made a really, really like poignant point of saying, you are part of our family. Yes, we are doctors and we're, you know, on this rural cadetship, but you are the supports and you are the people that are involved as well. And I thought that was probably one of the better parts about the cadetship was understanding that, you know, it's not just the medical field and the medical people that get you through. It's those people around you. Now, you're working at the Dubbo Health Service at the moment. I am. What led you to end up in Dubbo? With the cadetship, you have five hospitals that you can choose from to apply to as part of your payback because you do two years in that hospital to sort of pay back that cadetship. And obviously, you don't get guaranteed a spot. You interview at all of them. And I had managed to see all of the hospitals and I sort of ruled out Tamworth and not because it wasn't a wonderful hospital, it would have been amazing. It was just too far from my family. And I had sort of this rivalry between Orange and Dubbo at the time. It was close enough to family, but far enough away, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And I came out and saw Dubbo and I'd seen Orange and part of it was a bit of a funny coincidence. I'd broken up with my partner at the time and I kind of just wanted to get pretty far away. (laughs) And also Dubbo just offered this amazing hospital that's 
growing and changing, that was increasing its beds. You know, there was the plan in the works at the time that the ED was expanding. I could see a lot of growth there. But I was also just really drawn to the population. It really felt like home. And I'd spent sort of a little bit of time in Dubbo. My best friend actually coincidentally already lived here. She moved here about a year before I did. And she works as a sonographer in town. So I'd spent a little bit of time up here. And I just, I loved the atmosphere. I loved the restaurants. I loved the pubs. (laughs) I liked the sporting scene. I think it was just like a, a multitude of different things that it actually just felt like home from the beginning. Okay, a double-barreled question now. What do you consider the best bits of your medical education and training so far? And what have been the biggest challenges? The best bits about the rural training so far is just the opportunities of what you get to be involved in. Just from day one, the procedural skills that I have learnt in Dubbo, you know, I was able to do supervised, obviously, but, you know, acidic taps and use the cannula ultrasound, all these things that you would be vying, you know, lumbar punctures, you know, five people in a city hospital might be trying to to do that lumbar puncture. And, you know, here it's you, your reg and your consultant. So you get a lot more opportunities, I think, for growth in those sorts of areas. I also think it's really important to mention the sort of closeness and the family of the hospital itself. You get to have lots of one-on-one times with your seniors for teaching, informal or formal, probably more than I think you would get in a city hospital. They tend to stick around. They're involved. They're involved in your life. They care about you. They want to know your cat's names, your dog's names, your kid's names. You know, you want to know theirs. It's part of the professional and personal crossover in the hospital here. You do tend to know everyone because it is smaller and people expect you to know their name and you expect them to know yours. I think that's probably one of the best parts. Do you have any advice at all for somebody who's considering an RDN cadetship? Do it. Apply for it 100% right now. You should have already applied. What are you waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) It's that good. I can't even begin to tell you how great this cadetship has been. I can't think of a single flaw. If you're thinking about it, do it. As my dad said when I was thinking about medicine, What's the worst they can say? No. (laughs) And where do you see yourself in 10 years from now, Kirby? I hope that it's back here in Dubbo or, you know, Orange Dubbo area. This has become a huge home for me. I know I'm going to have to leave to do some of my training, but I hope to be a psychiatry consultant working back in this area, maybe doing a little bit of fly-in, fly-out from Dubbo to Orange, but (laughs) that's about as far as I'd fly. (laughs) That was Dr Kirby Storia, former RDN cadet, now practising as Psychiatry Registrar at Dubbo Health Service. We trust you've enjoyed this episode of Destination Medicine, a joint project of the regional training hubs. The hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.